Out, I don't know what y'all did this morning, but I was up early with the local redneck uh, tweaking the duck hole, adding more brush. The eunuch and I, we went down there and, and read, old Red, the local redneck, he's out there doing a little, doing a little work. So... I mean, basically, the teal came through. When was that, Friday? The teal came through about three or four days ago. So we're early September. Early September. They're late. Which is good. But but the first wave of them have come by. They're heading toward the Yucatan (laughs) Peninsula in Mexico. They stayed one day, and they moved. Glad you're relaxed today. (laughs) He had a good breakfast, too, I see. Yeah, they stayed one day. And, uh, but those teal, those blue moving. wings are here today and gone tomorrow. Well, let me tell you what happened to me. You know, I, I always love this time of year because you got, you know, I'm I'm sitting here waiting nine months to be reborn after duck season closes. But actually, you get the you get the undercard. You know, you have dove season, which is next weekend. Then you have teal season. Then it's squirrels, and then it's deer. You know, you go through the process to get to duck season but it's also the same time football season which i you know you know how we are about which lsu look pretty good very good our everyday life experiences ladies and gentlemen what my second son is discussing <laughs> is a way of life and it's called the hunt the yep. hunt the hunt it is the hunt. I mean, it's we share hunt. Jesus, we get ready to hunt, and then watch a little football in the way. So, look, we had the jamboree for the high school Saturday night. Was it Friday night or Saturday night? It was Friday night. Friday night. So, and it's at ULM, which used to be NLU. And so, West Monroe, which is where my daughter goes, they're playing Neville. Which, she's a cheerleader. She's a cheerleader, which is used to be a big rivalry. Well, I think it still is. It still is. And we've been, you know, we – I think when I was there, we had beat them like three times out of 50. So it's really not a rivalry yeah. if you don't ever win. But <laughs> we, broke gradu- us, we broke a 17-year losing streak one of the years I was at yeah. West Monroe. But 17 years. Look, since then, Don Childs <coughs> took over, and people don't know who that is. But, look, it turned West Monroe football into a powerhouse. We made it to the Dome last year. We were runner-up. But, anyway, so we watched the game. You know, Miss Mia's cheering, Missy and I. Look, we actually lost the Jamboree, which is a shocker. But uh, so we're driving home, you know, having a conversation. I got to tell you this story. And I feel something crawling on me. And I'm like, you hmm. feel something crawling yeah, on Yeah, I'm you. in the driver's seat driving down Interstate 65 miles an hour. And You're I coming feel, home from the I'm game. coming home from the game. I've Something's been crawling. ULM. Something's crawling on me. Where was, where was the crawl happening? Right in my on my chest. On your chest. Bare skin. Well, when I I was calm because, I you know, I'm, I don't want to panic. It's I'm happened driving. to me many yeah. times. <laughs> so I just kind of just grabbed tightly but not in a way where if this thing had teeth – or a stinger, you know, and I, but when I grabbed it, I thought this is big and it was trying to squirm. And I told Missy, I said, I have caught something, some kind of insect that's on my body. And she's like, do what? I was like, and you're driving. Well, at I'm the driving. Time. You're when, on the I 20 bridge. Yeah. I'm so on there's the no I- pulling over. There's no pulling over. Can't this, pull this, over. This is worse than looking at your cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's something alive, and you've got your hand on so it. It's weird. bigger than you anticipated. Yeah, what's Jason, weird? I haven't heard this story, so <laughs> oh, you, you have my attention. <laughs> so, so my daughter and my wife start screaming. Now that that's what I found the most bizarre. So they're screaming. she just starts screaming, and I'm like, and they're adding excitement to <laughs> well, whatever's I'm looking around, thinking there are more critters. <laughs> I was like, what are you screaming? She said, "There's a bug on you." I was like, "Well, it's on me." <laughs> She's like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I said, when I get off the, I'm going to get off the interstate, pull over and see what this is. I, I don't want to panic. 
because this is seems big. Nor wreck the vehicle. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to wreck but the vehicle. But they're panicking. They're full-blown <laughs> panic. <laughs> so I finally Something's get off. crawling on you, and the women are screaming <laughs> yeah. in the background. That's the, that's the, ladies and gentlemen, that's the that's yeah. the story coming forward. So I pull over, and I thought, because I could tell it, this thing felt dangerous to me. I don't know why. My instincts told me I've got a critter that has teeth, or, or this is something that could hurt me. Yeah. And I can't believe it hadn't hurt me as of yet. And so I, I pulled over on the side of the road. He come by, so I lifted my shirt up, and I was like, I'm going to just do one, two, three, and just, like, drop it down without – because I had that prayer. I could tell I had it by the head. And so when I did it, I looked, and it was a wasp. It, you know, it, of course, when it, it hit the pavement, you know, then I stepped on it, and I was like, you doggone rascal, which how I didn't get stung is amazing, was but it I just wasp? happened – it was Big one of those red. guinea wasps. Oh, yeah, those hurt. And uh, so I was like, how did that thing not sting me? You know. So we get in the car, you know, and they're still screaming. You know, I was like, come look at this thing. <laughs> no, don't even, don't even want to see it. <laughs> so we drive home, had a few laughs, no big deal. Everybody, you know, my crew goes to bed early. I'm a night owl. So is this story and, uh, still continuing? Oh, yeah, it's, it gets better. <laughs> this is the beginning of the story? <laughs> this is the beginning because of the I've story. Because I've had more wasps and guinea wasps and everything else crawl on my chest. Throw up to now, it's not been That's much. That's the setup. That's it's the it's setup. kind of a weird thing. I thought you know? it was more to the story. Yeah, that. it is. So they go to bed. It's about midnight. I'm laying in my little spot on the couch, you know, and uh, watching TV, Get you know, starting to doze off. And all of a sudden... I feel like a sharp pain around my ear. It was like I, I jumped, and I was like, what was that? And so I started grabbing my ear, but I didn't feel anything. And so I was like, what was that? No big deal. So a couple minutes goes by, and all of a sudden, my ear begins to, like, I don't know how to describe what it was doing. Pressure, Pulsate? Pressure from, from the ear inside of my head started to build and it, it was like you know it was making a lot of racket and yeah. i was like what i got water in my ear you know that's, that's what i was thinking and i was like no big deal and about the time i said no big deal a ferocious pain like i've never felt the worst i've been on the earth 50 years the worst pain i've ever felt i literally fell off the couch got on my knees and was like oh i, I thought <laughs> Something has happened that's terrible inside my head. Like an aneurysm. You're thinking yeah, you're I thought like my I thought I was thinking my eardrum had, had ruptured, you know. I thought so I felt a sharp pain. Which I started thinking about the wasp, you know. I was like, What but I mean I'm feeling there's nothing. So for the next hour I literally rolled around on the floor just writhing in pain. One hour. And I was thinking, if I can get to the truck, I'll drive to the ER because I'm dying. You know, that, that's what I was thinking. My head, something in my head has exploded. What's interesting is you weren't thinking if I could just get to Missy. No, never crossed my mind. Which, look, <laughs> most, most people be like, I'll get to my wife. Just and more screams. I can't believe you said that. See, I think I didn't go in there because she screamed over the last part. Now yeah. I'm dying. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not this is something to I scream like about. The, yeah. This way of thinking. All right, go ahead. So the pressure keeps building, keeps building, keeps building, you know, and it it's just like it won't go away. And so I got a little disoriented, and so like I crawled to the bathroom, and I'm I'm I don't know what I'm looking for. I, I'm relief. So I open the bottom cabinet, you know, and I'm looking, fumbling through, and I see I see some earwax remover. <laughs> And so I thought, I'm. <laughs> How long does this story last? <laughs> Pretty long. <laughs> so I said, you know what? Something's in my ear. That's what I thought. Something's ruptured in my ear. I'm going to flush it. So I lean over, pour the earwax remover in my ear because they had a bulb with it. Yeah, oh yeah. And so I poured it in there and then I started like Squishing yep. it out. When I did that, it got ten times worse. Now, now I'm just like, I'm hollering in pain. I, I can't believe it didn't wake. I've been saying your family's still fast asleep. Oh, everybody's asleep. Oh, yeah. you know, my wife's got the fan going. So I think it's safe to say that the world is going to change. I mean, it changes pretty much 
you know, on a daily or weekly basis, depending on what season you're in, hurricane season, storms hit, political unrest. I mean, it's kind of a dicey, you, can, you know. Your life can change in a matter of minutes. So we, yeah. we really kind of find out how fragile life is when you got something really difficult going on. So, you know, the I guess the question is today, how prepared are you if, in a, if a major emergency happened? Now, this month is National Preparedness Month. I don't know if you knew that, Dad. I didn't know that. National preparedness. They didn't ha- I didn't have to know that to be nationally prepared. <laughs> so, so basically, it doesn't have to be put on the calendar for you to say, "I need you to be prepared." You are correct. Well, the resurrection is the ultimate preparation, but in the meantime, That's you right. can do some common sense <clears throat> things to be prepared. So, our good friends at My Patriot Supply have helped us be prepared because you know, some storm, some you know, one of these EMP pulses, something happens. We're going to have some food. We're going to have a four-week food supply. And we got, look here, we got uh, cheese and broccoli and rice soup. We got potato soup. Here's Spanish rice. Can you imagine? This will hold for 25 years. 25 years. And so uh, we wanted to have you, give you the opportunity to do the same thing. If you act today, you save 100 bucks on one of these four-week supply buckets. Uh, when you go to the website, preparewithfill.com. So basically, we're going to prepare with fill. Dot com. You get an opportunity. You get free shipping. It's going to come right to your door. Um, you know, we, we're not saying, you know, who knows when well, something's going to You could take strike. all this stuff, put it all in your duck blinds, and if something happens, out, happens, we just live in a duck blind. I would simply say get right with God because that he mm-hmm. had, he'd give you immortality. But while you're here, keep your little supply of grub That's exactly just in right. case. So it's preparewithfill.com. Check it out. Save you some money. It's Preparedness Month, National Preparedness Month. So let's get on this thing. You bet you. So about two hours later, I finally realized I got to go to the hospital. And so I crawl, I crawl to my truck, open the door. It's 3 o'clock in the morning now. And as soon as I, like, open the door handle, my ear, like, exploded. And, and that's the only way it felt like. It just went poof. Well, when it did, I looked down. And there's a critter that exploded out of my ear. And it fell on my arm. And uh, so, and the next day when I'm telling this story at the golf course, because I was in a golf tournament, (laughs) I described what happened, because I had never seen this critter. And I thought, what is this thing? You know, of course, I killed it. It was not a wasp. So this, this is the critter that was in my ear. You see that? top picture and i guess we'll show a picture a of this to our audience no it wasn't a scorpion that it that it looked like a scorpion that's called an earwig a what earwig <laughs> earwig yeah look so, so, how so you i had learned a- <laughs> to love the evil looking earwig yeah that I Jace, just- it's at this point i know you're my second son and you're not given to tangents <laughs> or uh, our untrue statement. Oh but is this, a, is this a true story? Yes. Look. So, look, I'm at the golf course, and I'm telling this story. Doc, because I'm – look, it was a traumatic experience. My ear was so sore. And I was like, I had a bug in my ear. Well, the guy, the greenskeeper or whatever at the golf course, he's a – you know, he's majors at – what's the uh, – word for whatever the horticulture or whatever or he knows every bug ever yeah. bl- he said that was an earwig and i said an earwig because i said i don't know what this thing was do they live well, in ears he, look he, look so he he googled it and when he picked up pulled up this picture i said that was it and he said yeah they they it's an earwig well i started doing research on it they call them earwigs because of folklore they say that these things used to get in human ears and would and would try to lay eggs and eat your brains out. But they said it's all you. you if you Google this, which I'm sure everybody listening to this, they'll Google it, and they're like, it's all folklore. And I'm like, no, they, they will get in your ear because one got in my ear. And those pinchers there, when I said it's a pain, he was that was going into my eardrum. That's what. Look, blood. He he broke the skin that I was bleeding out the ear because he was poking me. So. I'm like, are you kidding me? Now, I don't think he was. They say, you know, they can't get inside your head and eat your brains out. But what I'm saying is he was looking for a home. That's why I felt <laughs> the pressure and all that. So I'm like, what are the odds 
that an earwig got in my ear. On top of a guinea wasp on yeah, your chest. In the same chest. night. Pre- previously. In the same night, I had a wa- I went to ULM. I came home. <laughs> there was a wasp in my chest and an earwig in my ear. The same night. And, and they call it earwig because they say they wiggle in your ear that's what they're called but he they're just, like uh, they're harmless but let me your, tell you your brother al is just a bugged out dude i mean i don't know i never heard a story like this <laughs> i don't know if you're like a magnet I, i'm not sure i'm trying to i'm grappling with the moral of the story well, you remember the story when willie had the, the water bug i remember now, what, he had a water bug get in his ear and you remember he was like there was pain because he was fluttering his wing and I, we took him to the er i actually stood over him and said hey quit hollering <laughs> I didn't realize there was a bug in his ear until they took him to the doctor and got it out. But they did the same thing. They flushed it. He was 15. They flushed his ear with Mm. stuff just like you were. The flushing was a good move. But look, it never occurred to me there was a bug in my ear. You know what I mean? Because I, I, you know, I stuck my finger in my ear. I I didn't feel the bug. I mean, this thing was big. It was about that long. Oh, my gosh. And then it just cold up in there and was just them he's hit me with jace that is one of the wildest stories i have ever heard come from a human being if you ever wanted to torture a human you put an earwig in their ear this happened on wrath of khan on star trek they put the thing in the guy's ear that goes in there it wraps itself around the somebody was trying to mind control you some some evil you know person i wake up the next morning you know, because I only got three hours sleep, I tell Missy, I'm like, you're not going to believe what happened to me. I tell her the story. And, of course, she said what you did. She's like, why didn't you wake me up? <laughs> I said, well, that was my first thought. Well, I, I didn't know there was a bug in my ear. I thought I was dying. You know? Well, when you're dying, your wife might could help you out. She might could. That's what she said. But. So how, how uh, what's the word? You talk about How lone wolf. Ear, are there a lot of the earwigs running around? Well, that's what I'm wondering. You I want to sleep it. with earplugs now. They're You're like everywhere. totally they frightened. Said they said they hang out like around houses because they and they're nocturnal. They only come out at night, but they they look for like little holes and crevices, and they're like highly they they have a lot of bacteria because they you know. And so I'm like, well, I'm, I'll know, and you know, I'm giving well, Jace, it a week after this uh, has happened. You're telling the story. But right now, at least, Al, he he sounds perfectly normal. He seems to be, but is he controlled by another entity? Now, like, I'm fearful of the whole setting here. I I, I couldn't hear. What if he's like a plant? I'm reminiscent of, you know, the the plague of locusts. (laughs) Well, that's what I thought. So is there a biblical connotation to what you (laughs) You are? You know what I thought? I thought, we're talking about Moses. I know what happened during Moses' time. You had the ten plagues. And I've always just been fascinated, especially in Louisiana, on how many bugs, yeah, you know that we that we have, and that what is the thing that ever what is it eighteen years you have the uh, what are they yeah, called the, the locusts? Uh, yeah. they're not called locusts. And then the killer pillars come through every killer pillars come through the black ones that'll sting yep. the crap. I've seen them. By oh, the they walk on you. They they make tracks. oh just a track. All and it, and it's you, like a railroad track of uh, of uh, like lesions. He's yeah. everywhere he walks for some reason. He it, it's it's like a he take tissue is leaving there, right? And it's just like a railroad track until you catch him, and they they hurt. It's but look, serious. I know the fear you're talking about because you know it's almost teal season. You remember, Dad, when I was a teenager, <clears throat> me and Greg went over to the pothole, which is now our property. It wasn't back then, and you know teal season it's warm, so we just waited out in our blue jeans and tennis shoes. We're teal hunting, yeah. And I don't know, about an hour into it, I feel something I think is biting me inside my pants leg right below my kneecap i'm just feeling this and i'm thinking it's a snake because you know i've been looking for snakes the whole time anyway and i'm just like oh, something's in my something's in. and so greg's standing there next to me so i start peeling up my pants leg just like you described with mm-hmm. the was and then when i get to the like just at the base i see something you know that looks snakeish you know, and it's big. I can tell whatever it is. I keep coming. It's a catfish. It's a little fiddler cat about this big. With sharp, and he's sharp tur- fins. He's turned around, and his fin is sticking into my shin. <laughs> and that, that was the pain. I was like, so I would have thought cotton mouth. As soon as yeah. I peeled up that bottom, Greg pointed his shotgun at my last. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, let's don't do anything rash here. Let's, let's, at, least get, move. <laughs> let's at least get it up. So I, that, but that fear... 
that right at that moment when you're not sure what it is. I mean, I'm usually not, you know, when I go, every time I go frog hunting, first thing you do is take a shower when you get home because you have critter. There's so many bugs. Yeah. I mean, the other night, there's, I looked down and there's like, they were crowding on me this morning. I wasn't going to bring it up till I heard your story. But in my case, (laughs) this morning, when I got through brushing the duck blind, crawling around in it, I put a door on it in the back, you know, a lot of weeds, stuff. Mm. We killed two or three cottonmouths three weeks ago when we worked on it they were under some boards that had come off the line but uh but in my case fire ants they bit me and there'll be a little zit where they bit me but it's almost a daily occurrence to the point to where you get used to getting oh i've seen stung by fire ants around here you remember that morning when we were duck hunting because when you go in the blind you don't have if you don't have a light you're crawling around in a duck blind in the woods and ain't no telling what's there that is correct i remember that morning you crawled in there and you didn't realize all those ants were you know you oh, said, by the millions yeah and you you were like one big zip well we had to duck hunt because we're duck hunting we're not we're not, we're not going to let ants run us off but when i looked down i had stirred them up when i got in the blind and the dog was there so it was blue my dog and me we were where the ants were listen we, we sat there. I tried to rake them off out in the water, but they, it just stir them up more. And I said, well, we just going to suck it up and live with it. Well, they were just coming up my hip boots and then getting to my body, and I constantly was, was just squashing them on my, my stomach, my sides of my body, on my rib cage, on my back. I'd just lean up against a post, and my dog, Blue, was in misery. He was shaking and trying to get them off of it, and you know, like they do their teeth. Yeah. And, and we're both fighting fire ants. Think about it. Here come some ducks. So we'd forget the fire ain't boom, 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 boom. And then you're back to the dog was was happy to jump in the water, and he was jumping in the water. But the fire ants, by the way, I had like it was over a hundred stings. Yeah, and um. It did not make me feel chirpy. I didn't feel chirpy. <laughs> well, that's that. that I, I mean, felt, there's a lot of poison. I didn't feel good. Yeah, well, that yeah. many. The problem is when we're duck hunting, every pest in the in the swamp where we live, nine months out of the year, our duck blinds are their house. That is right. correct. So we roll in thinking this is our house. We built this, but they don't know any different. The ants, the wasp, the snakes. Nothing the really gets our attention in this uh, neck of the woods, ladies and gentlemen. You're hearing a story, true story, <laughs> of what can happen if you live in Louisiana. Here, we're more concerned with uh, with copperheads, cottonmouths, rattlesnakes, and coral snakes. We have all four. We watch them very carefully. Our dogs are being bitten through the years, every year. Our dogs are bitten and all that. So far, no one has been, at least where it came through our boot or something, we haven't been bitten where we have to go to the doctor about it. But we have black widow spiders, and they're very poisonous. Brown recluse, of course. A lot of wasp. Uh, I mean, brown now, bumblebees. And now earwigs. Now we have earwigs. You can add it. Now we have earwigs, which is a <laughs> well, new let me just for me. tell you. I mean, don't, this shows you what, that you should not believe everything you read on the internet because everything I read said it was folklore. So our good friends at uh, Tack Pack have sent us some more of their tactical gear yep. uh, every month. Uh, for forty nine ninety five a month, they ship you at least $100 worth of gear. Um, man, we got all kind of cool stuff in here. We got stuff that's going to help us if, you know, this thing ever goes to crap, which is always possible. Yep. Um, they ship out AR-15 parts, EDC tools, knives, cleaning kits, anything tactical that might help you if you get into some kind of emergency. Um, so we want you to sign up. Uh, you get an October TAC pack. Yeah, do that before they run out because it's, it's coming up very quickly. Um, you go to TACPAC.com when you use the promo code FILL. So it's tackpack.com when you and use the code fill. Uh, you're going to get a folded knife free uh, with this first one, which is always got. I don't know about you guys, but I can't have enough pocket knives. Well, when somebody says, "What do you have all this stuff for?" you can say, "I'm just trying to survive." That plus, there's a difference between being paranoid and just simply being prepared. That's right. Just be prepared. That's exactly right. So you get a lot of really good gear. Uh, it's a good deal. 
tackpack.com, get the October pack, use the offer code Phil. Uh, so you're going to save some money. You're going to get some cool stuff. We love waiting. Our show's up every month. We dive into it. We see, we split it up among ourselves. Uh, I mean, I'm getting prepared every month. What about you, Joe? Hey, I stay ready. There you go. You and me both. Tackpack.com, offer code Phil. Do it today. I mean, they're they're like, well, I'm supposing they could, but they don't. But year I'm before like, last, oh, but they do. Year before last, <laughs> we were eating up. Uh, about so. time to get it on our Bible study here, but the bottom line is, year before last, wow. the I looked them up in the dictionary, and they're in there, and the 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 varmint that the bug, he was like a gnat, but we couldn't tell where they were coming from. But they literally were sucking the blood out of us. We came up with a but my point the Phil, perfume is, uh, what's it called yeah, the yeah, women's Victoria's perfume. Secret. We, we talked, talked about, about that. that we, we talked about we, that but the bottom line is they were called no seums <laughs> which I'd never heard of because you can't I'm see them. But what I'm saying is if you read something that happened, women's Exodus written what were they saying? Thirty five hundred years 30, ago. Oh, I thought it was more than that. Thirty five hundred years, and you hear this story. I mean, here's Moses, you know, leading the captives, you know, out of Egypt. They're, they're going to the promised land. And all of a sudden you have this episode where you have 10 plagues and it's these critters. But when you look at life today, you see signs of, of what happens when these critters get out of hand. Even what I'm saying is I'm laying on my couch and, and here a critter says, yeah, let me try that ear hole for a, for a home. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine if it was a plague. I mean, for you, it was. It, it, well, yeah, but I'm saying when you read that story, what, what, what chapter is that, that story in? Uh, it's Exodus 10. Yeah. I mean, here's. Well, living in Louisiana, ladies and gentlemen, can be a deal. I, I think. What's it, our topic today? I, Jay said it was a pretty good story. Exodus starts in seven. But what I'm saying is, I think. True story. I think it was. I didn't take it as coincidence that we're. Tum- yeah, Exodus 10. That we're fixed to talk about Exodus. This is a famous story. I just feel like you see that evidence in all these critters. I mean, what they say, 90% of the insects in the world hasn't even been discovered when you factor in all land and sea. I mean, where, Did where, you see, where this came from, seaweed. What what I'm saying is all the details <laughs> in all these little bitty critters, because they said there was like, you know, 120 different strands of the earwig. You know, all these little he Not has like strands, little, probably strains. Strains. Yeah. Strands. It's a redneck deal, but no problem. <laughs> yeah. Well I just <laughs> it's mean, in the neighborhood. Did you see in Vegas like a month ago <clears throat> when the grasshoppers moved in on Vegas? This is about a month or six weeks ago. <clears throat> I mean, pile they were just they were piled up on the side of those big high rise. And that hit Sin City? Hit Sin well, City. Remember the year of the crickets? Huh. Remember yeah. the Oh, yeah. Tens of thousands of crickets dead. So a plague of locusts run. has struck uh, the Sin City recently. Yeah, and they were talking about it because it was like, why did this happen? <clears throat> we're living like, in strange times. Maybe it was all the bright lights. Yeah. Do you think, based on what you read here, that that still kind of happens in some degree? Makes so one wonder. What What is the deal with all these epidemic of of insects? Or even, you know, like you remember the year the raccoons took over? You looked up and there were raccoons everywhere. And then they basically died out because of disease, but they were literally just falling out. You of know, the Jace, trees. you brought up an interesting <clears throat> point, ladies and gentlemen. It is worth <clears throat> noting that the rats that have infested the homeless community in L.A. and San Francisco and everything, there's so much of human feces and unused needles, and they claim they're worried about things like typhus. They've had cases of it, and the plagues that have hit. Uh, human beings through the years, all the way back to biblical times. Al, you know, you, you think about it right now on the streets in these major cities in the United States of America, plagues are there waiting through these rats and, and all this. So you get to thinking about it. Maybe we are not too far off from, from uh, the biblical stories. I, I, I tell you one thing. It agrees with the biblical stories. Well, and, and interestingly enough, plagues of locusts. Where we are in the te- in our text, this is the first evidence we see where God uses pestilence yep. to impact 
world events. Now we're and gonna, our and our weather. He's used both and weather, so he's going to do it a lot as we go forward. Hmm. But this is the first time we ever see it was in this context. It's at least worthy of note. It's worthy of note. Uh, and <clears throat> what's interesting is, and we sort of started out with the with the plagues, but to connect the dots into where we're going. Last time we talked about Joseph basically settling in Egypt. Remember, there were only 70 people to begin with. There was Jacob and his sons, 70 people. And so what's happened is we fast forward now when you get to Exodus 1. And so that 70 has turned into over 2 million people. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, somebody says, well, you know, I don't know how many years did it take. They're there a long time. Generations have gone by. Leadership has changed. Some some uh, invaders have come in from the south. Egypt has been toppled. Now there's a new Pharaoh. So Joseph, remember, had favor. All that's gone. So what's happened is, Nexus 1, Nexus 2, is these God's people, the seedlings, remember, because we talked about the promises that Abraham's looking forward. Yep. They have grown into this huge number of people. Mm-hmm. Well, the new leadership comes into Egypt, and they look at this as a threat. <clears throat> which I find interesting talking about geopolitics like we do now. What if you had a group of, you know, back then two and a half million people was a lot bigger. <clears throat> that would probably be 25 million people in That's the, right. like in America. That's right. And they had their own belief system and they were there, but, but you wonder, are they a menace <clears throat> or are they with us? So that's what happens with the Egyptian control. And so they take them to be a menace. They say, well, you know, if somebody comes in and attacks us, they join them. We're done. So they started treating them cruelly, and they basically turned them into slave labor. They believe in God because they're still following the traditions of Jacob and Abraham. Mm-hmm. Egypt has their own system. You know, they got Ra, the sun god. They got all these gods. So that's the sort of recipe, the Petri dish, for which now comes out, well, you know, this idea. Well, you have this strange occurrence where God appears to Moses in the burning bush. I mean, what's your take on that? I mean, you see a bush start burning, it won't burn up. Because, you know, I'm, I'm an outdoors person. If I saw a bush burning, I waited, start burning up. You go over there, then it starts talking. <laughs> it would tend I mean, to get your a, attention. <laughs> it what? would have my undivided attention. I'm just saying, if somebody was going to make all this stuff up, that right. is pretty out there. Right. You know? By the well, way, Al, could you make uh, – uh, a uh, an argument, a sound argument, that the human race, we're, we're in Exodus of the Bible. We've already looked at Genesis, where at one point, their every thought, the entire human race, their every thought was evil. And we, we look at how humans interact with one another and what keeps coming up and we're like, well, that's just old Old Testament stories. What keeps coming up? Human beings, especially in this case, at war with each other. Yeah, we don't want this bunch of coming over here. Right. This, that, yeah, yeah. Which is what's well, Exodus because we're different. Could you make an argument that the human beings have been at war with each other ever since they've been over, human beings over, on the over earth? political power? And what's interesting is that's a great point. Cause well, you, and that they're just different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so where look, are you from? And you tell them they're like, I don't like you, or I believe something different than you do. So, so look, all this division, you say, boy, this is a new thing. But Al, this no. is not a new thing. And look, look how they were going to try to control the situation. One, they had them under the you know the the boot on the throat of these people. But guess how they tried to control their population? Abortion, infanticide. Yep. Yep. They they went to these midwives, Egyptian midwives. And they said, look, <clears throat> when a baby boy is born, you make sure it doesn't make it. But these midwives, there were these Hebrew people, and I thought, these are good people. They just couldn't carry it out. Reminds me of this uh, Planned Parenthood woman that changed. She was like, I can't do that. So they they called them in. They were like, I thought you were supposed to be killing all these baby boys. And they said, well, these Hebrew women are strong. We show up to help deliver the baby. The baby's already there. So basically they lied. So even abortion out. It's not a new thing. It's not a new thing. And And again, it was used in the idea, just like, by the way, when Planned Parenthood started, this Sanger and all these people, it was about controlling population. Sure. They were like, kill off races of people. It's awful. It's evil. And so we saw it. The, the hatred of, of your fellow man manifests itself in a lot of cruel ways. Absolutely Al. awful. So here's what the, the new Pharaoh says. Okay, we're going to take it one step further. Forget the midwives. 
He orders. So it. where are you in the Bible when you're talking about this, Al? Exodus two. Exodus, Exodus two, two and three. I mean, Exodus the, two and the three. Martin Bush happened at three. It's right. there for your learning, ladies and gentlemen. So then he says, throw them all in the river. Every baby boy born, throw them just in the just river. drown them. Just drown them. So now we're yeah. just into just killing every. And you male. say, well, I can't believe how cruel that was. <laughs> really? I mean, look at modern day America, it's and terrible. you're like, yeah, or China. I mean, you know, they they they're passing these Same rules mindset. on you, the human, especially if they're males. You see what I'm saying? So here's what happens to Moses. His mom, she followed the the new order. She threw him in the river, but she put him in a basket that she had fixed up that wouldn't sink. And she had the his, his sister take him down. And Pharaoh's daughter, she knew where she came down and bathed every day. So she took that baby and she pushed him along the reed. This is Moses who would later have the burning bush and be the leader. He, he's barely here. He's barely here. He's in the river as directed, but he floats up there. She sees him, Pharaoh's daughter, yep. and says, look at that. It's one of those Hebrew babies. Because, see, everybody knew what was going on. But this one, instead of just being thrown in the river, was floating along. She takes him out of compassion. And then the sister comes in there and says, hey, I got a nursemaid that could help you out. So it's oh, yeah. So, Why does that make me mad? This, and, and by her, oh, it's terrible. But, but by her taking him out, that just shows you sometimes the human race <laughs> hangs by a thread. That's right. Just events just happen to That's take right. place. One little baby floating along in a reed and some woman who her culture said, oh, well, kill him, throw That's him in right. the river. And here's one that floats by and she says, you know. So Moses spends the first 40 years of his life being raised in Pharaoh's house, which, of course, he learned a lot of good leadership there. <clears throat> but he wasn't found quite ready. In the, found in the reeds. Found the reeds. He he winds up getting expelled from the country. Another 40 years goes by. And then we come to where Jason's scene is. He's yeah. 80 years old. And he has a speech impediment. He cannot speak clearly. And I don't know if that happened during the 40. I don't know how it happened to him. But <clears throat> he's called to this burning bush. He's out there tending sheep. He's looking around. I mean, he doesn't see himself as a leader. He he, his days are gone. He's eighty years old. Well, I think uh, I've always wanted somebody to write a song about this. I told my son, I was like, "You need to write a song that says this conversation." Uh, in Exodus three, you know, he, he has the burning bush. It starts talking. He says, "So now I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my." It's God talking in verse ten uh, to my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God. Who am I? Hmm. And and those three words stuck out to me. What I said, somebody should write a song. Maybe somebody listening will. Because later on, God tells him in verse 14, when he gets to his response, God said to Moses, and he took Moses' three words, who am I? And he turned around and said, I am who I am. Because hmm. Moses was like, I can't even... I'm not adequate. I mean, yeah. who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? You know, that's what he said. Moses, Moses said, said, what is his name? Then what shall I tell him? He said, I am who I am. That's what you say to him. Yeah, he said, this is what you ought to say to the Israelites. I am has sent. By the way, just a little you. caveat here, but I think it's worth mentioning. It just occurred to me. Before I was converted, I owned I was leasing a beer joint, ladies and gentlemen, a beer joint. You're like where they're That's fighting a bar, and by the way, in the modern vernacular. bar. And at my conversion, the reason I was converted is my younger sister, Janice Ellen, told a preacher, a proclaimer, and a good one. She told him, if you convert my brother, he'll convert thousands. And the preacher said, say what? She said, if you convert him, let's go up there to the beer joint. You convert him, thousands will be converted. My little sister is telling the preacher that. That's what happened. Yeah. I was converted. I'm sitting up there keeping the peace in a, in a With segregated beer joint, blacks in the back, whites in the front. Yeah, yeah, the hip hop going in one one direction, and then country and western, you know, Loretta Lynn and the other. I have a pistol, and I'm trying to keep the peace, not knowing that I'm fixed to be converted, and by me being converted, would in fact, as my sister had predicted, reach thousands. So if you look at it, Al, yeah, like I say, 
the little strands That's right. on well, the way always, God works out things is beyond your – I would have never – if someone had come to the beer joint and said, hey, by the way, dude, before this is all over, you'll be carrying your Bible and preaching the gospel to people all mm-hmm. over the world. I, but God I said, always talking uses to me? people that you just don't think would he would use – to really, <coughs> my question. I, the the reason right. I brought look, it up is because he's because uh, I would have said, "Who am I?" You right. you talking to me? That's what everybody says. Yeah. You know, you, well, you, you did in a sense when when Smith sat down and and shared the good news with you, yeah, which was just the the fast forward of this story and a lot That's of others. Correct. <clears throat> he basically explained to you that Jesus came to this earth. Guess what Jesus said when the Jews said, "Who are you?" To, to, what authority do you have? And he said, I am. That's right. oh, I that love I am. It. It's the greatest it's line the same. I in the history ne- of humanity. The greatest line is when they said, where's that in John? Yeah, John he's, 8. He says, who are you? And he's like, I am. That's right. From beer joints to right. sharing the good news. I, I just, I look back at it now. I'm thinking yeah. a lot of times I ask myself, why me? You know, because right. I'm still who saying. You know, how in the world would you have considered me? It's a great point. And every one of yeah. us can ask that question, you know. Oh, that's right. But well, it's because of the We all ask that at some point. You're like, well, who am I to do that? I mean, sometimes you know the good to do or, you know. It, the first time I was ever asked to speak, you know, publicly, I, my, I, I said three words. Well, who am I? I mean, you don't want me. That's right. But in the back of your mind, based on what we understand in Jesus and being sons of God, you realize that. That I am when the who congregation asked you. me to become one of the overseers, Al. Yeah, and the the current overseers came to me and said the congregation wants you to oversee them, look after them, raise them up in mm-hmm. the faith. And me, and I'm I'm like, are you are you serious? Right. And they said they said they want you to do that. Right. And I'm like, I don't want I don't know about that. So I backed off of it. I was just like Moses. Yeah. I ran. I said, right. no, I don't know about it. I don't want that title, overseer, right. which is a bishop or an elder, ladies and gentlemen. But I, I, was, I ran from it at first. But then somebody finally said, what if it's God's will that you do this right. for his people? I thought, well, then I started feeling a little bit guilty on why this didn't step up. Right. So I begrudgingly, after about, four months of praying about it and thinking about it, I said, I'll tell you what, <sighs> all right, I'll give her a go. So, well, you know, it's interesting. I'm still there. We didn't tell the story in Exodus two, but when Moses was 40 and he had been raised in the house of Pharaoh, but remember he had a Hebrew heart cause his mom had raised him and he had been around. He knew he was a Hebrew <clears throat> in his heart, but nobody else knew. And so they thought he was an Egyptian. He, he killed an Egyptian guard that was mistreating a Hebrew Yep, and I believe, and the Bible doesn't say this, but it seems like he was thinking, "Okay, I'm a, I'm gonna rise up and get these people out of this situation." I mean, that's a pretty bold move to kill a guy. Very bold. And so the next day, he comes up on two Hebrews. They're fighting each other. He said, "Why are you fighting?" And one of them says, "What are you gonna do? Kill us like you did the Egyptians?" And immediately, the Bible says he was afraid because then he knew the word was out. Well, then Pharaoh got after. Him. That's what sent him down to the Midian desert for oh, forty yeah. years. So what I'm yeah. saying is, the point is. He thought it was his moment to lead, but he still had 40 years of humility training before God was ready to use it. Something so pertinent to modern day, these biblical stories out of the Old Testament, I will just ask the audience to think about these things and say, how in the world could a 40 40 people for a 5,000-year period from creation to, to Jesus, right? How in the world could you have dreamed these things up out? And they're so pertinent today. How well, could that's you have why done? I thought. That's why I brought up the the earwig and the plagues. <laughs> I, you know, because look, when I was a teenager, one of the one of the most motivational sermons I ever heard, and uh, I believe it was Jeff Walling did a did a uh, what do they call those things? Uh, like like a seminar, retreat yeah, seminar yeah. thing. It was for young people. <laughs> yeah. But the title of it was One More Night with the Frogs. Well, that got my attention. I was like, I'm going to hear that because I'm the number one thing I like to do Big outside of Jesus. Yeah, it's catch frogs. I mean, I'm like, One More Night with the Frogs. What is, what is this about? <laughs> I didn't even realize he was going to talk about what one happened of the plagues. You know, in Exodus 8. His point was when I read it, you know, 
I mean, you can imagine, you know, God Almighty unleashing any group of of <laughs> insects or frogs amphibians, or, yeah, reptiles, uh, whatever happens. You know, it had to be miserable, and so he was miserable. Pharaoh was so he's like, please stop this. You know, this is, and so Aaron, I believe, said. Well, we'll 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 stop. God said He'll stop, but you determine the time, you know. And I'm not sure why they even had that conversation. But what was shocking, and what was the point of the sermon, what motivated me, is that He said tomorrow. He He said you whenever you want this to stop, you can make it stop. And He's like tomorrow. And so I, I looked at it, it's like Exodus eight ten, which His whole point is here. You are miserable. You're you're not doing what God wants you to do, and then God comes to you via us and says we will give you relief when do you want that relief and he's like tomorrow, tomorrow? <laughs> you want another night of another this night i mean and then i thought about that's first thing i thought about when i had that earwig in my ear i was thinking if somebody would have come down you know before that exploded out of my ear after i built the earwax bomb and somebody said look i'll give you relief I, I just wouldn't have said tomorrow. You know what I mean? I was like, get that out of my ear now. But when you don't believe, when you don't want to surrender, when you don't want to submit, when you don't want to believe, you know, and you think you can do it on your own without God, which was his Maybe point. tomorrow. Yeah. Let me, let me so, see if I can take this. You know, it's just sin, living in sin. Right. It's just not rational. Yeah, you know why would I mean? you want to stay in it? Yeah. <clears throat> it's interesting you brought up Wally. I can't believe it because Walling was part of my humility training. I mean, Jeff, we love Jeff, right? Yeah, his preaching. Well, I got to, I've got to know him I recently because my son is uh, going to Pepperdine, and Walling is the what is he the Pepperdine? He's like recruiter? something over the students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I see him from time to look. To time. So, so Jason and I and Willie grow up just you know. I mean, he was just such a great speaker, just like that, coming up with ideas, which is an awesome yeah. sermon. So, <clears throat> I'm a young preacher. I get invited to speak at a big workshop in Tulsa that we go to. So I'm like, man, this is, I mean, I'm like, this is the moment, you know? I mean, thousands of people, you know, are going to be at this event. So I'm nervous, but I'm excited at the same time. <clears throat> and so I come in and there's three speakers in a row. And, and so obviously whoever was the middle speaker was a big name that dropped out. Cause that's where they stuck me. <laughs> Nobody knew who I was. Right. So I'm smart enough. Cause I've been to these things. This and is I was, your, who am I? Moment? Exactly. So Walling is before me and Don McLaughlin is after me. I knew those guys. They're awesome. And I was like, Ooh, that more pressure. Right. So I made the mistake <clears throat> of going to hear Walling speak. It was a bad call. I should have just hung out in the green, you know, they have green rooms back there, hung out somewhere and then come in. So I go in there, Walling is just killing it, you know, and there's like 2,500 people in this big place. And I'm sitting out there and I'm, you know, running through my notes in my mind and listening to him. Oh, man, this guy's so good. So then Gary Myers, our old pal who's, who's gone to be with the Lord, he gets up after Walling finished. He said, you know, Jeff's going to be at our booth signing books. I mean, just totally destroyed any hope I had of keeping in this people. <laughs> so, look, <clears throat> 2,500 people, 200 people stay for me. So we just cut the audience from 2,500 <laughs> to 200 in a place that holds 5,000. Yeah. And <clears throat> most so you, of them. So you had trouble drawing a crowd. So I walk up there. So this is the reason I bring it up. So this is humility for Al. So I get up there, and you got to have an opening line, which, yeah. you know, so my opening line was, there hadn't been an exodus like that since Moses left Egypt, <laughs> which was a hilarious line. Yeah. 200 people laughed, and then I went into my little script, and then they all came back for the next guy. So it was a lesson for me to learn that, you know, you may think you're a big deal, yeah. you may not be a big deal at all. I think that you know? was the whole point of this story. I mean, exactly. you, look, you, you know what I, I thought, because one of the one of the most awesome passages in the new testament is at the transfiguration you have jesus moses and elijah elijah now which what's weird about that is elijah he just didn't die he you know he just Whirlwind. got caught up in well then moses there's this huge argument in other passages i know i think jude, jude. says something about there was an argument from the evil one over where moses's body over the body of moses yeah over the body of moses where it was buried so there's like some unknown 
you know, occurrences Well, look, in, in Deuteronomy, it says, here's what the verse says. In Deuteronomy, I can't remember, four maybe, says God buried Moses. Yeah, which I, I've read that before. Which, what a statement. <laughs> like, yeah, who's I mean, going to bury you? God's like, doing the funeral. Yeah, God was, buried that guy. <clears throat> Let me tell you, if God's burying you, you did something awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he used you in mighty ways. Yeah. But what I was saying is when fast you fast forward thousands you go to of the, years and they show up talking to Jesus on a mountaintop. Well, yeah, you here you are in the transfiguration and Peter, you know, like an idiot is like he don't even know what to say. He's like, "Should we build some shelters for you?" I think it's Matthew 17. But don't you know that Moses probably looked back at that who am I moment and mm. now he's up here you're like Star Trek is real now. You just got beamed from somewhere and you're having a conversation with a guy who left in a spiritual chariot and God himself in Jesus and you're having a conversation. Woo. Boy, you've come a long way, buddy. <laughs> I guarantee you. <laughs> from saying, who am I? And that's why I love that statement that Jesus made. And I've said it before when people have made fun of me, especially in my younger years for following Jesus. I've used that I am statement. I'm like, I'm following the I am. And they're like, do what? Yeah. I said, like, no, he just is. Which means there's no yeah. past, present, or no future. Past, present. He's outside. He's bigger than time, which was Jesus' point. You, you know, I went about. through a stage <laughs> in my life where, you know, first I was persecuted. Like, you know, if you if you live a Christian life in high school, you're going to be persecuted. It's not At easy. At any time, Jason. But after a while, I realized, what do these people have? Nothing. Yeah. So I, when I started getting bold about Jesus, that's one of the lines I would use. And I was like, look, I'm I'm indestructible because he's indestructible. I'm the most dangerous person you'll ever be around. <laughs> but look, especially in sports, you know, I'd be because I love to trash talk. You know what I mean? I'm like, what are you going to do to me? I'm indestructible, man. <laughs> They're looking at me you like. You can't guard me. Yeah. That's what I, I would use it as motivation because I thought. So I talked to Tebow about that one time. He's like, hey, I did the same thing. Because you feel like I'm going to heaven. I'm going to live forever. I have purpose in life. I have meaning. I have forgiveness. Now we're going to get out here. Guaranteed immortality. We're going to play this silly game of football. Well, let me tell you something. I'm going to get some confidence on who I am and where I'm headed, you yep. know, and I'm going to use that to try to intimidate you, and we might just bring you to Jesus. There yep. you go. It works out. Uh, <clears throat> it's Deuteronomy 34, by the way, if you're taking notes, uh, when God buries Moses, you can check that out. So uh, great discussion. We'll, uh, we just kind of barely started the conversation about Moses because obviously – I mean, outside of Abraham and, and Jesus, I mean, he's one of the, and Elijah, one of the central figures. Of the and world. I had to tell you all my story. And look, I, I felt like y'all gave me zero compassion for that. Well, <laughs> I was really not prepared we are for, the, for the earwig story. I was not either. It was but quite the was story. Doozy, no doubt and for the record, that happened, and you don't want it to happen to you. And for the record, it prompted two Star Trek references on the podcast, the first ever, I might mention. So, We'll uh, we'll see you guys next time on Unashamed Podcast, and we'll uh, flesh out a little more Moses. Rock on. So we're so glad you guys were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or YouTube or Facebook, and be sure and rate us on iTunes so that other people can know about the podcast.